Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, One Shot is sponsored by Distracted Mind Games, as we play their dramatic convention and large group format module of Drow Origin. I was really excited to play a module so focused on player-to-player interactions. It felt like our story could have branched out in dozens of different directions, depending on how players interpreted their characters, which is really smart dramatic design. Our game was modified to accommodate a smaller play group, so there's lots more to discover in the full game. The Of Drow Origin module itself is already published and available, but Distracted Mind Games is currently running a Kickstarter for a mini-set to accompany the module. Whether you're looking to run Of Drow Origins with all the bells and whistles, or you're looking for elf and human minis with a lot of personality for your collection, you'll want to check out this Kickstarter. You can find links to the Of Drow Origin module and mini Kickstarter in the show notes. Distracted Mind also wanted to cede some of their ad time to Casting Whimsy, a family-owned business created by two tea lovers. Casting Whimsy makes unique blends in small batches using the finest fair trade loose leaf tea, organic dried spices, herbs, fruit, and artisan ingredients with a whimsical twist. You can find them in some of the stories behind their current selections at castingwhimsy.com and on Facebook and Instagram. From now until the end of August, one-shot listeners can save 10% on their first order with a promo code DROW. Coming up this week on the One-Shot Twitch stream, on Thursday we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of TPK starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find all that and more at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. A big thanks to everyone who joined us for our impromptu stream of Rap Gods on Tuesday. You can find the video on demand for that on our YouTube page over at bit.ly slash osnyoutube. Before we get to the show, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Nathan, thank you. Brandon Michael Smith, thank you so much. William Corley, thank you. Alexi Sargent, thank you. Tony Martinez, thank you so much. Kyle Pruitt, thank you. Matthew Calder, thank you. Matthew Worland, thank you so much. Imperium's campaign setting, thank you all very much. Jen, thank you. Richard Morris, thanks. William Galladay, thank you so much. Roderick Strange, thank you. Colton King, thanks a lot. Raven, thank you. Rio, thank you. Topher Elderkin, thank you so much. Isaac Ahuvia, thank you. Dave Miley, thank you so much. Philip Douglas, thank you. Todd W, thank you. Nathan Putz, thank you so much. Eric Bontz, thank you. And Ryan Stalls, thank you all so much. And thanks to everyone who contributes to our Patreon. Not only do you make One Shot, Campaign, and all of our actual play programs possible, you make everything we do possible, including our streaming programs, interview shows, and all of our live appearances at conventions. You also collectively keep me alive, and I really do appreciate that. Working at One Shot is a dream come true, and it wouldn't be possible without you. With all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. Uh, first up, Mel Fox. Oh, hello. Yeah, hun, we got you playing a game that you've played before. Yeah, I'm real excited to return to the world of D&D. Yeah, because this is, this is a D&D scenario, and your character is very mysterious. Yeah. 
I, I guess I'm the only one who knows their name at the table right now. I think I know who you are, but uh, I'm I'm going <laughs> to hold my, my tongue and, and not say anything right now. Pull this name card closer to myself. Mm, yeah, exactly. Mm. Keep the secret mm. safe. Mm. Uh, let's move on to a voice that we have not heard in too long, and that is Maggie Dempsey. Hello! Maggie, Hello. welcome to One Shot. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. This is definitely going to be fun. Maggie, I, I have a question for you. Is this your first Dungeons & Dragons? It is. Don't tell anyone here. They're going to know I'm a noob. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know we're all nerds. So I'm so you know. excited. I was texting my friends. I'm like, I'm doing the nerdiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know they'll all tune in. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, so, Maggie, uh, I think we can talk a little bit about your character because you're not a big secret like Mel. Who are you playing? I'm us? playing a druid level four, Delilah Sorn. Ooh, okay. Presumably so- named after the fantastic Tom Jones song. Ooh. Delilah, anyone? All right. Well, <laughs> we, we, we'll see. Um, moving on from Delilah and Maggie, we got Allie Barthwell. What's up, nerds? Hey, Allie, <laughs> welcome back to One Shot. Oh, thanks, friends. Allie, I, I want to focus because you're, you're one of the few people that I know has a plug that's like coming up in the uh, yes. immediate future of after this recording is out. So let's get that out there. Talk to me about WakandaCon. Yes, I am one of the founders and organizers of WakandaCon. It is a three-day celebration of Afrofuturism in pop culture tech and gaming it is august 3rd through 5th at the hilton chicago tickets are on our website wakandacon2018.com ali i unfortunately i can't make wakandacon because it's the same time as gen con this year but Mm. i think we're gonna have some one-shot people there anyway hopefully yes wakandacon is definitely gonna be a fun thing that you should check out yeah i got a question for you ali yes who are you playing for us i'm playing mahari sorn i am half dro that's what I am. <laughs> and I am an acolyte studying under my grandfather. And I have a big old dog named Hooch. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> a dog that hangs out with me all the time. Obviously a reference to Turner and Hooch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that exists in this universe. Ex- yes. <laughs> Turner and Hooch. It exists Hooch. in this universe. It was yes. like a very famous play that was put on. <laughs> this week, because I have a guest GM, the, the person who actually made this scenario, I am going to be playing. And I am playing as Judas Sorn, uh, who is son of a wealthy man and bard, uh, who's... <laughs> He goes where his heart takes him, and he's trying his best, but he makes mistakes a lot and often, so he's just sort of fumbling through life right now. <laughs> Judas is Delilah's betrothed. Um, I, I don't believe we've actually tied the knot yet, and he's Mahari's father, mm-hmm. so there's like kind of a tangled family web happening right now. So uh, Judas is going to be, I think, dealing with some tense family drama today. And now that, that, that brings me to our game master. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the one-shot audience? Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, I'm Randy Aitken. I am author of uh, of Drow Origin, which is the name of the module, the fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons module that we're going to play today. Originally intended for a uh, convention setting, this is a uh, great for a large group, lots of intrigue. As you in- implied, there will be some family drama and as Allie mentioned there's drow in the game and drow always bring their own set of family drama so this should be a good time 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to hand off the DM reins to you as you bring us into today's scenario. Fantastic. Thank you. So uh, we actually start off our scenario in two places. We're going to start actually in the Underdark. And uh, the Underdark, uh, for those who don't know, I will assume people don't know about our setting. I mean, I mean, we all here know yeah, everyone's the Underdark, but pretty... for the listeners at right. home. Just no, might yeah. as well <laughs> clarify. <laughs> Setting, right? The little exactly. babies that don't know about the, <laughs> the Underdark. underdark. <laughs> uh, the Underdark is where the drow live. The drow are a society of dark elves. Uh, dark elves are generally considered evil elves. They uh, live in a matriarchal society governed by uh, politics. How evil can it be? <laughs> and, and, I bet and it's powerful. Certainly, though. there's always wars between houses and whatnot. And that's actually where we will start our scenario. So we're going to start with the character. So Melistra is, is uh, the first daughter of House Maytharn, and uh, she's expected to be the, uh, the the next matron mother, and she has been sent on a task, and she is going asked for you, fourth daughter, to come with. Okay. So um, the, the task is, is somewhat mysterious, and mm. uh, she hasn't given you any information other than you need to come. But you know some stuff. You've been trying to leave the, uh, the Underdark for a while. I have. Um, what few things would you like to, would you say you're probably bringing with you? Oh, gosh. It doesn't have to even be from your character sheet. This is just <laughs> okay. your personal belongings. Personal like belongings. Personal things that you might want to bring with you for this particular trip. She probably has a different outfit for being above ground. That that would make her blend in a little bit more. A set of weapons with her. She's two-handed, so maybe she has two small daggers she can keep somewhere hidden on her. Maybe a memento, a small piece of her past. How sure. large is it, this memento? Probably something small. Be like a piece of jewelry or something. I've not decided exactly what it is yet, but Ooh, a memento so, so like, of some we, sort. Like the camera, we get to see like something precious. Just something she's picked up and put in her bag. Yeah, and this isn't the first time she's brought mementos to the surface, so she, she knows what she's doing here. Mm -hmm. Melistra ad addresses you, fourth daughter, are you ready? Are you ready to, to leave? We oh. must make haste. Always prepared. All right, so the next scene we see is in the in a cavern. The circle of etched runes that surrounds your group casts a sickly green light, shining brighter as the volume and cadence of the chanting mages increases. The master conjurer speaks, I hope your matron has selected a suitable location for tonight. Are you prepared to leave? Melistra looks to you, she nods. She looks to you and you nod. Mm -hmm. There is a bright flash and everything around you disappears for a moment. As the queasiness of teleportation settles in your stomach, you begin to note your new surroundings. The cold cavern floor is replaced by a soft bed of leaves and plants. The rough-hewn ceiling turns into a blanket of twinkling lights in the dark sky. From the cover of trees, you can see a stone manor less than a hundred feet down the gentle hillside. Small groups of people are socializing throughout the grounds. A large, well-lit room is the backdrop for a giant stained-glass window. A knight on horseback is depicted standing victorious over a green dragon. A nearby barn is surrounded with empty carriages. Beyond the house, further down the hillside and less than a mile away, clusters of houses form a small village. White wisps of smoke peer against the dark sky and can be seen rising from chimneys in the distance. Melistra uh, says, uh, you are the scout, so you should be the one to make the first move. All right. Um, with that in mind, I give you this. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for that moment, uh, we're going to fade to black and we're going to... Just, just so the audience knows, um, yes. Mel was given a handout and it looks like it has some information about the location where it's like our uh, game is going to be taking place. And I'm assuming Drow of Origin has a lot of different handouts for people so that we can sort of build our own agendas and we have information that some players get and other players don't. Correct. Because right. because there's a lot of secrecy and intrigue, it's frequent that there'll be a lot of sidebars in a convention setting. I, I made it paper here, but there would be sidebars in a convention setting where I might talk to some players and not others, or some players would go off to on their own and, and have that discussion. So yes, thank you. Okay, cool. Cool. So uh, we fade to black. Fade to black. When we reappear, a bard strikes up a lively tune following the end of a waltz, bringing the room into an eruption of dancing and merriment. A small commotion is heard near the kitchen as a servant carrying empty plates from the party crashes into another carrying full ones into it. The air is filled with the scent of fresh-baked bread and pig roasting in the center of the room. Here we have the wedding reception of following... uh, This is the evening following the wedding of Judas and Delilah Sorn. Your father, Uther Sorn, is putting on a wedding party for you. He's going to see you off into your new life after this party concludes. So, Judas, put yourself into this party. I think Judas and Delilah probably have a table set up at the center of the room where it's them. Uh, However, because my father, Uther, threw this party, he is at the table as well. And he's actually sitting between us. (laughs) Um, And there's just a long line of people who are sitting there, you know, waiting to make their personal congratulations and uh, say their thank yous to Uther. Uther is right now, I think, up using the restroom or something. He's out of the room. And I think we can see Judas sort of dejectedly using a fork to move uneaten pork around on his plate while he tries to crane over the massive centerpiece Mm -hmm. uh, that's sitting on this table that's dividing him from Delilah to see if he can like look down and maybe catch her eyes nobody on this like procession of people is anybody that judas knows and nobody is really interested in talking to him at all they just want to say a ferric uh congratulations uh and make their thanks to uther so they can secure his favor for various business dealings and whatnot Indeed, that that's exactly what's happening. Uh, most of the people here are Uther's friends. You know them. You've seen them around. Uh, maybe maybe acquaintances, or as you mentioned, business uh, business partners. But they're they're for the most part not your friends. Uh, so dinner is what it is, and you're just waiting to to finish the evening off. Delilah, you are also there, although separated sure what are you doing uh for uh on the back of our chairs for the record there's you know those pinterest like mr and mrs oh signs God. on their seats yeah. yes. but uther's has the and um, <laughs> so that's still it's a beautiful can i just say what a lovely party it's been there is mauve everywhere anything you could stick tool on is there there was themed uh fairy glitter flown in it's very special um i think that 
Delilah's having fun meeting all of these wealthy friends of Uther's anyway. I think that she's glad handing in line. Thank you so much for, please, more mob champagne. Help yourselves. Uther's so generous. Um, thank you so much for coming to our beautiful wedding. Wasn't it an expensive ceremony? <laughs> um, I think she's just really tickled. She did it. What a, what a victorious wedding it's been. It's absolutely beautiful. It's everything that, uh, that, that money could buy. Of course. And, and all it's, it's all Uther's money. Mm-hmm. So every cent. Every cent. Right. Yeah. Well, almost. Everyone that he was willing to give you. Right. 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 Uh, and then that brings us to Mahari. Mahari, you and, and your friends, uh, there's not many children left in this party. It's late evening at this point. Um, but you and your friends are there. Where are you and your friends? And are you with Hooch? Is Hooch in the... Great yeah, hall? Hooch was in the wedding yeah. ceremony yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hooch, Hooch was a ring bearer slash one of the groomsmen. I had to fight for that yeah. for weeks. <laughs> for a really long time. Uh, also, I feel that like Mahari has probably been assigned like the guest book. So she's mm-hmm. in charge of the guest book, and so she can't really go and play a ton, but she's taking her duty very seriously because she wants to have all the information in the guest book correct. So she's even like added a few extra fields beyond just like mm-hmm. some nice words and their name. Like she would like an address, some demographic info, <laughs> and she's like yes. taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. So it, the couple friends that she does have there are trying to like pull her away, but she's taking her guest book duties very seriously. Please estimate the number of gold you make in a year yeah. pre-tax. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, the dinner has been served, uh, plates are being collected, and uh, the uh, music goes to yet another uh, another tune. At this point, uh, one of your your friends is actually trying to pull you away. You you have a few and and he's trying to pull you away and and engage you in or at least relieve you from some of the uh, the the boredom that that you are likely suffering. Who is this fellow? Uh, uh, Dimitri. Or, or Dimitri. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dimitri. I picture as someone with long hair and like kind of a scruffy face that he <laughs> like tried to make it neat, um, but really didn't pull it off. And he's wearing some rented fine clothing, so he looks like more of a child than he is like in his own heart. Um, and he catches Judas's eyes and like waves him over and Judas like makes a meaningful look at Dimitri then like looks at the line of people and like accidentally catches eyes with one of them and has to like do an awkward smile like hello (laughs) Uh, and then he like looks back at Dimitri like "I'm, I'm stuck yeah, you're stuck, and and you're actually stuck because Uther comes back at that moment and and puts his hand on on your sh- on your shoulder. Uh, he's sensing that the night is is just about to wrap up, and uh, he wants one final toast. So he he raises glasses. Everyone uh, raises glasses, uh, uh, and and says, "Friends, let us let us uh, toast our our young uh, our, our newlywed uh, couple." And I, I have just a few words for the the bride and groom, dearest Judas. <sighs> I wish for a bountiful life earned of your own hands. May the cock rise early to teach you responsibility. The herds be fertile, so you do not feel idle. And may the the Bay of the Coyote reach. Bay of the Coyote? May the Bay of the Coyote teach you vigilance through the night. Is this a riddle? Like, are we supposed to be solving this? (laughs) Dad, Dad, is this a riddle? No. It's not a riddle. He's just. 
I feel like there was a lot of children talk. He knows that's not happening, right? <laughs> um, so I think through this, Judas is just sort of like grinning. It's a very forced grin. Um, and I think he's like meeting eyes with uh, people that he knows as Uther's close friends. Delilah uh, has a firm grip on his hand, not allowing him to leave. I mean... <laughs> He's looking at these people and, you know, they are like the smug, wealthy elite of this town, especially at the earned of his own hand line. Like he sees a lot of them chuckling and leaning into their wives or mistresses uh, or in some cases both. both. <laughs> um, and he's just uh, feeling like a little sick to his stomach as he briefly makes eye contact with Delilah and then looks away and holds Mahari close and, and tries to not have her excited question asking, uh, like, disrupt. Mahari's doing, she's trying to do the math on all of this. She's taking notes mm-hmm. and she's working, working through it. <laughs> she's, she's, she's cross-referencing yeah. it with her, demo, with her demo data that she got. <laughs> This is really playing with the uh, 48 to 61 crowd. Oh, interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, after fo- following the, uh, the the speech for Judas, he puts his hand on um, on Delilah's shoulder and he says, "And a toast to my daughter-in-law. Hmm. I hope for you a life filled with new experiences, so that you may become the woman my son actually deserves." I look forward to the fashions my son, uh, my son's new bride will put upon him after she learns to use a needle. Uh, you can see that uh, Judas like has a knife uh, that's just on the table now, and he's like moving it back and forth, still grinning for the room. Delilah's smile has fallen. She's still a gorgeous bride, but now she's terrifying with her frozen face glittering eyes glitter still falling from the ceiling but now there is a stillness about her that there wasn't before yeah this is a riddle and i'm gonna crack it (laughs) (laughs) um he notices mahari uh uh, next to him looking looking like she really wants to solve something and he pulls her close and he says and raise your glass for my granddaughter as she celebrates on this day with her father May her life be paved with the same goodness that she sows. Now, is there ever a child any father could be more proud of than Mahari? And he looks over at Judas. And Judas, I think, in this is like genuinely clapping. Like, finally, we've gotten the one part of my life that he approves of. (laughs) Let's just focus on that if we could. Uh, And Mahari stands up and goes, an egg! Is that the answer to the riddle? An egg. Delilah walks over, embarrassingly trying to just shush her up and give her a big old hug as the brand new stepmom. Hey, mm-hmm. oh, big hug. <laughs> Don't mind her. Did you say Hooch was was near you, with you, right? Yeah, Hooch is with me. Yeah, when when uh, when Delilah came close to you, Hooch is uh, his hackles kind of raised, and mm. you know he he gets a little feisty near near Delilah. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely. Delilah, she's part of our life, but I don't really know how to behave around her. And I think we're still trying to figure out what our relationship is. So Hooch kind of goes off off what Mahari is feeling, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
So with the with the conclusion of Uther's toast, everyone drinks and and the you know the the band goes to back into merriment. Okay, and we will fade again to black and come back outside to our scene out there with the two drow um, cool. making their way into potentially uh, Sorn Manor. Ooh. All right, so uh, Melistra um, uh, asks you, uh, first daughter. Uh, Fourth daughter, you are the scout of the house, so how should we approach? That would depend on our goal, which I've not yet been informed of. <laughs> we need to get inside and I need to find something. She casts a spell and she generally wants to go into the main room or the main hall of the manor. Is, is that where the party's happening? Yes. Okay. There are people all about the garden and near some of the other doors that you can that, that you can sense uh, gathering uh, in the back of the house. The stone manor stands uh, two stories tall. Um, it's it's a grand manor, but most of the light, most of the the focus, the noise is definitely coming from that center. The the large stained glass window is is certainly filled with activity. Okay. I have to imagine the quietest places here are either the chapel, which has been recently vacated by the celebration, or the library. All right. I'm going to say the chapel because it, there's obviously a celebration happening and no one's going to want to go drink in the church. So uh, I'm going to suggest that we try to sneak in through the chapel. All right. So you can make your way over there, but in order to not be detected, I think that you two should be sneaking. So with okay. that, I'm going to have you roll an ability check to sneak in silently. Rolled a 15. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were... You were very stealthy. You know how to use the shadows in your favor. Mm -hmm. Your your dark skin helps you to find uh, the the spaces within the bushes and, and trees to uh, to avoid light and detection. And most of the people out here, they're not looking in the shadows for people anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you do have to instruct Melistra a little bit. She's more of a diplomat for the house and not quite as used to sneaking as you are. Okay. Okay, so you make your way around to the chapel. How would okay. how would you like to proceed at this point? I would be looking for an open window or if there's an external door. Um. You are walking along the west side of the house and uh, the, the chapel, both stories, there's large, thin stained glass windows uh, uh, on, on the side, along the side. Um, those windows are closed. They're stained glass. Um, and you don't see any any doors along the side, but there's likely a, a, a front door if you if you were going to come around the, the front of the house, if that's the way you wanted. That could be risky, going around the front of the house with such a big party happening. Maybe we should skirt around to the library instead. Sure. Yeah. So you're able to, uh, you, you make your way uh, along the front of the house. Uh, you do have to make a wide berth around the uh, the entryway, and you could certainly tell that there are people standing outside that a lot of people are leaving and going off to the, to get their bar, to, to the barn to get their carriage to go back to town or from wherever they came. You come around to the, to the other side of the house, and you do see a door, but there are a few people in front of it. 
Ooh, okay. Melistra asks if you can dispatch them. Dispatch them. I think this is a good point where she should change clothes, do a little um, <laughs> little changey change to make sure that she's not quite as identifiable as a drow as she currently is. So after changing, I think maybe she would step out and yell to those people. I'm trying to think of what she could possibly say that would draw them away from the door. Can you show me on the map where the door is? Oh, over there. There's no reason for them to be over there. I'm going to pretend to be a security guard. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to step out just vaguely from the shadows, wearing something that looks vaguely official, and say, Oi! Over there! What are you doing by those doors? You're not supposed to be back here. All right. Yeah. So uh, the the two people that are over there, uh, an elderly man and woman, um, they're holding drinks and uh, they they hear you call them, but they don't see you. Um, are, you're approaching them. Um, I think when I would you get I would get close enough to like still be somewhat shadowed, but they could see the shape of my my physique and that I'm I'm wearing like some kind of a suit. Sure. Well, wh- why don't we do another stealth check to make sure. sure that you're able to keep your identity hidden? What's my Is this a proficiency bonus? It is. You if you have stealth, which I believe you do, it's going to uh, be over to your skills. Your skills. Oh, plus 6. So that is a 14. A 14. You're you are easily uh hidden and they give you a, a sort of indignant sigh and, and go back inside. Excellent. Okay. Melistra, they've been dispatched as requested. All right. So uh, is the plan to go in that door then? It is. Okay. So you can lead. All right. Um, should I reveal a name or should I just keep being vague? Or do uh, we, Is the name secretive? Your fourth daughter to her. That's all that she fourth cares. Da- fair enough. Yeah. That's wait, where wait, we are. Wait until... Uh, we see each other <laughs> to reveal. I know who you are. Oh no! I know who you are. Okay. So, um, Melistra, follow quietly, and I step towards the door and listen at the door to make sure that the people have either stepped through and moved on, or see if they're still there. Do, should I roll a perception to see if they're there? Or I, I could say there's okay. a party going on, so you can definitely hear the music uh, the, the music going on. Um, you could hear talking at various distances. Uh, you don't even need a perception for that, sure. uh, for that much. However, I'm going to pause you for a moment, and I'm going to say, how's Hooch doing? Can, you, can Hooch give me a perception for uh, smell, please? Do I have to? Do you have to roll? You, you'll roll a d twenty, okay. and you will add his perception. And because he is a dog, he actually gets advantage on this perception. So you're going to roll twice and take the higher. Okay, there's that one. Okay, obviously I'm going to take so a ten plus three, thirteen. A thirteen. You can tell that he looks preoccupied with something. He's starting to sniff the air like he smells something that's of interest other than the pig roasting in the center okay, of the room. Mm-hmm. Well, Mahari doesn't want to get in trouble because it's already a little tense at the party, but Hooch is like tugging to to go away. So she's going to take, she tells Judas that she's going to take Hooch outside for a walk 
because maybe he just has to like go for a walk. So she's going to walk outside just to walk the dog and then come back. Okay, if 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 you go, be sure to walk in the gardens. Um that's where the lights are. There are people there. I know. I know. Sweetheart, it is already quite late. Be safe, girlfriend. We we heard about Coyotes howling. Dad, that was a part of the speech. riddle. There's not coyotes. It's like a riddle well, for there, you to imagine. Like, what does it yes. represent? It's in, like in what the riddle, it, represent, it was and it well, represents. It was a metaphor. It was a metaphor, but also a quite a, a real problem in the region. A metaphor is just a riddle you can't solve. It's rife with coyotes all around. Fine, fine. Just stay, stay fine. in the garden. Stay to the light, and then we're going to bed. Okay. Thank you. Big well, smiles. Yeah, okay. I love you, Dad. I love you, too. <laughs> love you both. Thank you, Delilah. Okay, so I have to go. Which side is the, the garden? Garden's over on the other side. Okay, so, so I'm going Should we get out. miniatures so we have relative positioning for we people? We can. I actually have yeah. these here. Oh, perfect. So, well, the intention of the podcast the, the, is that it's going to be released when I... Um, launch a kickstarter for making these i had them all created specifically for the scenario i've been running the scenario for like five years four years now and it's widely successful in conventions and i love the scenario so i actually created the characters all nine of them i had them sculpted by reaper miniature um guys um bobby jackson i've got uh, micah nichols who did a bunch of these as well jason weeb also made one but his is not here and then after i had them made john popson of effing cool miniatures is actually going to be helping with the production of these so he made these and i had a friend of mine uh dan angle paint them and he did a fantastic job of painting them so these are like my masters and we can use those for relative placement if you want this is mahari so okay. you can okay. certainly Here's take mahari. mahari and okay so we're in the great hall yeah, yeah. and so then i'm going to go out and go to the gardens so i'm over there in the gardens yeah i'm pretty where am i hanging out so you're um, in there you're in the great hall oh my god I can't believe that I described literally the setup <laughs> that is actually on the map, on the without, map without thinking th- about it. Looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this feckless. <laughs> oh, poor Dunderhead. Okay, so I'm out in the garden with Hooch, uh, and he's not going to relieve himself. He's still sniffing around because now he's outside, so he's not as distracted by all the food. So there's real there's something going on. What what do I have to does he have to do anything? Do I have to do anything? Um yeah, he's actually trying to get you to come around uh and and he's sniffing around and and he's taking a little while. Um while you're over in the garden, mm-hmm. you actually find yourself uh near your mother's grave oh, site. Boy. Your mother and grandmother were buried next to one another little, under the pear tree. Oh brother. And that's that's <laughs> where you're at. Uh if you pause there for a moment. Okay. Okay, and uh, we'll move to back to fourth daughter and uh, first in Melistra. So, great. We are we are at the entrance to the house. What uh, what's what's going on? There's some trepidation she's feeling right now entering this home, something she's familiar with, um, but she's doing her best to not reveal that trepidation to what is she first first daughter first daughter Melistra. Yes, <laughs> I'm just gonna call her first daughter now. <laughs> Since I'm just fourth daughter, 
but I think that to continue to move forward and like try to find out more, she's going to go ahead and crack the door open a little bit to see if there's anyone immediately within the vicinity of the door. Sure. As you do that, uh, Melistra puts her hand on you and she blesses you with the Spider Queen's blessing. Effectively, I've cast the the, the spell aid on you, so mm. you will gain 10 hit points. Oh, cool. Okay. Great. So uh, those 10 to your maximum hit points. Awesome. So for use throughout this scenario. Great. Um, okay. So she is, uh, she is uh, um, enhancing your ability as you press in and there's nobody stopping you. So you're certain welcome if you'd like to per- per- go in. Yeah, let's step into the room and maybe even step into the small alcove on the side so that we can continue to peek out and around. We're just going to step into this room and and I'll describe what you see in here. So you are in a library. The library is full of books and people. And these two, the, the, the three people that are in this room, they, uh, they are in conversation as you step in. They don't actually notice you. Uh, at first they don't notice you. The, the two of them have their back to you. One of them is actually looking towards you again in conversation mm. and doesn't think about it until you make eye contact. So you've oh. made eye contact with this person. Are these people familiar with Drow or are they just kind of humans who? live in a big fancy society his initial reaction is kind of dumbfounded so your immediate response is um i'm is he is looking at you but he doesn't actually respond he looks confused okay um i think a general question that she might have been asking is uh what does human society generally think of? Oh yeah, that's drow. Oh okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. Human society is generally very uh, uh, very wary of drow. Uh, drow are known to be of evil origin uh, or or uh, bent, if you will, mm. um, and would not uh, take well in a human society. So they would be cautious, and he may be more shocked than anything right now. Okay. Um. I'm going to take my chances, look him directly in the eye, and say, you should probably leave. Nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That sounds like an intimidate. <laughs> That's a great, yeah, yeah, let's do an intimidation. If you don't have it as a skill, then you'll just add your charisma bonus. Okay, charisma is plus two, so that's an 11. An 11. I rolled a 20. Okay, no. So bad, he, bad move. <laughs> um, this, this man, uh, as, as the uh, other two gentlemen with him, are in their 30s, I'd say, for humans. and uh, You know about he, people in their 30s. For humans. <laughs> <laughs> and he sees you, and uh, when, you, when you make that announcement, the other two turn around like, who are you talking to? And uh, the three of them see that these two draw women walk in. And they're not taking your crap. So they're going to actually say, uh, address you, the, the one that you tried to intimidate. Mm. He's like, who do you think you are? Why are you here? I think I would defer to the first daughter in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's so the politician. <laughs> absolutely. She actually waves her hand in front of, one, in front of them. And uh, you, you can tell that she is casting magic. And one of the, the one that addressed you... He says, oh, never mind. She's our friend. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> the other two are like, uh, she's your friend? Why, you know, why? They're, they're trying to understand the scenario, but they're 
what are you doing here? They're, they're, they're not as convinced, but the other one, the, the one that, that you tried to intimidate. Um, is now my friend. Is now friendly. Friendly. Mm-hmm. Good friend. You, we've known each other for a bit now. We've come to visit and pay our respects to the celebration at hand. If you would allow us entrance and leave us be, we'll be on our way shortly. The two um, are, aren't as convinced, but he's like, no, they're cool. They're, they're cool. They're fine. They're just going to, you know, uh, pay respects. So they let you pass. You, you are will you are able to go in before you enter the great hall here um i will tell you you see probably three dozen people in various small groups dancing some talking eating and we are going to move the scene back to the two of you so we'll start with delilah wasn't this wonderful this was certainly something (laughs) your dad's toast huh yeah yes so, I was there for the whole thing. All the, the cock? Remember that? Ulther <laughs> <sighs> has always been a fan of the rising cock. He talks he about says, it. He says it a lot. Yes, yes. Um, he has never allowed a single bard to comb any of his speeches for double entendre or, or unfortunate metaphor. And <sighs> he said it in front of a room full of people and... I guess it's a blessing, really, that not many of my friends were invited to this thing after all. Yeah, thanks for being so sweet about that, huh? They're just so yucky. Yes, Delilah. Um, yes, uh, darling, thank you. Um, how are you holding up? Excited. I'm good. Really? Yeah. I think tonight's going to be nice. Well, um, yes, I'm, I'm sure we're all looking forward to tonight, uh, especially <laughs> after the obligation of the celebration is all wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Don't I look pretty? You, you, uh, sorry. <laughs> I had so much of the champagne. That expensive champagne was so good. It does seem to have affected you a little bit. <laughs> You 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 do look lovely, though, darling. You you do, and I I have to commend you. You've been such a good sport through all of this, and I'm, I know I'm just looking forward to what's next. We're gonna have like a super great life, right? Yes, 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 exactly. Aww. Even even if it is one with our own hands. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about that. What if we just skip that part entirely? Um, I can't believe we're having this discussion Your right dad's now. dad's like a drag! <laughs> Please, not tonight. Okay, you're not right. Not tonight. You're right. I, I, I told you, I'm, I'm already very uncomfortable with this discussion generally, and I... We can just wait till that cock crows in the morning, huh? Yes, yes. The, <laughs> the, the rising of the cock. We'll wait for that. <laughs> Um, let's just relax tonight what if i had like a surprise for you like a wedding night surprises (laughs) right what 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 do you mean i invited some friends you did yeah so is there going to be some kind of after party exactly like an after party Delilah, uh, he he goes up. He 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 grabs her hand. He he looks into her eyes. He's he's obviously smitten uh, with 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 this woman, uh, despite uh, you know some personality quirks and <laughs> general differences of opinions on on certain things. Uh, 
you know, he, he's someone who's got a reputation for being a widower. Um, he obviously has a child that's not a fully human child. So socially, there are some things with him. Not many people would talk to him, but Delilah did make the time uh, to talk to him. And he really does appreciate that. I, I, I can't thank you enough for this. I, I have I have suffered through this ceremony and, and my father's words, and I'm really looking for an opportunity to celebrate the next step in life, you know, and, and make a good home for Mahari. So I thank you. Thank you so much. Delilah pulls both of his hands and it has a moment of the champagne perhaps taking a break and and is genuine with him and says, we can have something wonderful and it, it, it might not happen right away and it might not happen forever, but we might have to pull a few strings, but I really believe that we could have something great. Mahari too? Yeah, totally. Um, and I think at that moment, there's some uh, intoxicated, wealthy, older man who's banging his glass uh, with like a spoon and the rest of the room starts banging their glasses. And at that moment, all eyes are on Delilah and Judas and sort of like meekly he grins at the crowd and, and leans in and gives Delilah a kiss. Um, she puts a little cheers. mustard on it. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some, there are some hoots from the wives and mistresses uh, in the room as uh, the kiss gets a little bit saucy. Yeah, Uther, uh, as Uther moves in to kind of break that up or, or, or whatever, he's not really at all comfortable with that. We're going to actually check in on uh, Mahari and Hooch. Um, so oh what's going boy. on with you guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm out there and it's like, here's the thing. The last place you want to be on your dad's wedding day to some lady that you're not that fond of is standing at your mother's grave. Like that's just <laughs> not where a 10 year old needs to be emotionally. Uh, but like Hooch has seemed to have relaxed and is no longer stressed out about the outside. He's kind of like now sort of like looking back at the house or even like starting to run around. So maybe he like darts off and Mahari sort of chases after him as they go around uh, the house. Yeah, great. And um, Hooch is is uh, just about ready to go th- go back into the house through the library door, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, at, at this moment. Um, what, uh, what are you going to do with that? He needs somebody to open it for him. Yeah. Like, it's my house, so I'm going to open the door. All right, great. (laughs) So you walk in the house, and Mm -hmm. you see, uh, as you walk in, you see three uh, men who are standing there uh, making way for two women. Um, These women you don't recognize from Mm -mm. the back. You don't think you've checked them in. Yeah, they haven't (laughs) signed the guest book. They haven't rated their experience on a one to five star (laughs) level yet. Hello, uh, uh, ma'ams. My name is Mahari. I'm child of the house. And I would kindly request that you fill in the guest book uh, because it is our formal record of everyone that has attended the wedding. And I would like to also introduce you to my compatriot and dog. This is Hooch. If you'd like, Hooch and I will escort you to the guest book and you can fill in your name, um, date of birth, your identification number. Um, we'll also give you a cake pop. Everybody gets a cake pop on the way in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'll make sure that you get your souvenir um, heart-shaped measuring spoons as a takeaway gift. Hello. <laughs> Yay. Fourth daughter is aghast. Uh, standing, staring at this precocious child 
and incapable of outwardly reacting, but internally melting down. Uh, and first daughter turns to uh, address the child. She she becomes excited. Uh, the the magic that she had cast earlier is feeling stronger than ever, and it's right in front of her. What she the the object of her desire is actually immediately in front of her, and she says, "Grab that child." Sorry, I, uh, no. Oh, no. What about the two people who are not under a charm? Yeah, they're, uh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see, what are they doing? The two people who are not under a charm uh, don't like that. One uh, addresses her, uh, he's a bald man, and he, he says, uh, no, don't grab that child. And he'll like step in, he steps in front of you if you were going to move forward. He steps, he's like, no, leave her alone. What are you doing here, ladies? I do have a question about the demographic of these three hapless yes. NPCs. Are they... My father's guests, or are they like the one or are they the three people who are stuck in the library talking to each other? Are they the three friends I was allowed? I'm who, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the three amigos. So Dimitri is there, <laughs> right? Which was like I'll so say, generous. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to leave the party. I also don't, again, have your names and dates of birth. Um, and I, Dimitri, if you could, like, just back me up on this, like, you would just... Dimitri! So with that, you're calling out to Dimitri. Dimitri is actually the one that was charmed. And Dimitri is, like, uh, is saying, it, it's okay, Mahari, she's cool. I know her. She's uh, the, the fourth and third or second daughter or whatever and uh um Melistra actually smacks him upside the head and corrects him first daughter you Dimitri too. looks into that <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri's already charmed but that was like oh <laughs> he sort of like straightens up his yeah. really his haircut is very bad um and his suit looks even worse <laughs> but he's trying um, I would like Judas and Delilah to give a perception check to see if she, if you two can hear uh, Mahari yelling from the other room. Come on, somebody be perceptive. No, so, 11. An 11. Nine. Oh, a nine. man. Sorry, you know, the din it's of the this, music. It's so loud in this and room. The, and the kiss you two are engaged in. It's it's really not it, it's yeah it's pretty loud. Yeah, people are cheering for the kiss in the next. Indeed. It's still so happening. It's, just, it's still happening. Yeah. And and there are some not subtle attempts from Uther <laughs> to try and break it up. Yeah, his hands are prying their faces <laughs> apart and like like they're just like a pile of four octopuses all in some terrible oh. battle. It's not cute anymore. <laughs> I, I think Judas is feeling very self conscious. His eyes are open and mm-hmm. he's like kind of moving away from it. Yeah. His eyes are open. Why were they open? <laughs> they opened <laughs> midway through this kiss. I, I was Six thinking. minutes in. Have they? Have the the two daughters? Have they touched me? Not yet. Anything? So okay. I'm actually going uh, now uh, addressing okay. fourth daughter. So you have a, a gentleman who who step who actively stepped into your way, um, Dimitri, the one who's charmed, who's saying it's it's okay, it's cool. Melistra giving you the direct order to grab the child. Oh boy. That's a tough spot. Um <laughs> I believe uh I would step forward and say the child is perfectly safe with me. She will be returned shortly. Please allow me to step out with her and we'll bring her back. We just want to have a conversation. I want a persuasion check against uh to for him to move out of your way. Okay. 
persuasion is garbage. I think it was plus two. So that was a seven. That's all right. I'm I rolled not, a I'm five. Like, <laughs> so, yes! oh no. <laughs> so he's he's uh, apprehensive, but you're not making any moves to to like hurt her. So he kind of steps aside a little bit. But how does Hooch react to this? Hooch is freaking out. Hooch mm. does not like that I'm all wound up. And again, something was like making Hooch a little rattled, and then this is not helping. Right. I, I think that I would step forward and kneel down and say, Hooch, don't you remember me? Pardon, ma'am? So at this point, you're right. <laughs> Hooch absolutely was getting riled. Yeah. And he jumps at her, but not in a, in a fierce way. He puts his paws on your shoulder and he starts licking you. I don't like any part of this. My um, sweet boy. The the bald man who was, uh, you know, standing in the way originally, he's now like drinking and like mumbling into his drink. That's uh, that's Judas's uh, buddy, Gordon. Gordon's always talking about how well he would do in a fight if he ever got in a fight. <laughs> Gordon went bald at 17. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon got that beer belly early. Uh, Gordon works in the mill uh, and takes a lot of days off because of his gout. Uh, Gordon got gout. Gordon got gout. Gordon I feel got like uh, Gordon got gout. I feel like the third gentleman who goes by Clutch. Clutch. <laughs> he's got he's got nice long hair. Couldn't find his boots for the wedding. Didn't really feel compelled to wear them. But he's just kind of standing back. He took some mushrooms to make this whole thing yes. bearable. Mm -hmm. So he's standing in the corner like he, I don't know if this is real Clutch, or Clutch brought the mushrooms for everyone, mm -hmm. but. Literally no one else was interested <laughs> in taking the mushrooms. Dimitri said that he would later. Right. Uh, but Clutch has like, been like, all right, more for me. <laughs> this thing sucks. I might as well have fun, right? Clutch out. So here's what I'm going to do. While, while she's distracted by Hooch jumping on her, I'm going to go in her bag and see if I can find uh, her identification that everyone in town should have because I checked everyone's ID and I took a class at the um, sheriff's office mm -hmm. to identify <laughs> and you got, you pick got ID a and I have, I have a junior, junior uh, novice deputy. Mm -hmm. So I would like to um, see if I can like get in her bag and like see what's up. Great. So what I would normally do uh, is I would ask you for a sleight of hand, but I know that you don't have that skill. Uh -huh. So it's going to be a straight up dexterity check for you. Okay. Just, so go ahead and can roll I, your d20. Oh, go ahead. Can I can I add something off my skill or is that what What it skill? Because I have investigation. Ooh. Is oh, that an investigation? I'll give you yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay. I hope this... If you hadn't taken that class. If I, yeah, I took the class. <laughs> I have a certificate. So I got a 14 plus my investigation or 14 with my investigation. All right. So your arm darts into her bag that she's carrying and I'll say it, it clasps around something. What does she pull out? Is this the memento? It's, oh it's a memento. It's a duplicate ring of one that she already has. Oh, no. All right. You guys. <laughs> A ring that I have is spider shaped and it belonged to my mother. And now you have another one. She must have gotten it at the five and dime. No, this was, it was a special ring. I don't think it was mass produced. Something's up. Clutch is like, whoa. <laughs> so at this point, uh, first daughter, Melistra, is all kinds of furious and uh, you could see her irritation and she begins casting another spell. 
That will happen in a moment. At this moment, also, Dimitri mm -hmm. uh, decides, you know, uh, the, the little girl wanted her daddy. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go get her daddy. Yeah. So Dimitri is coming in and he's he's trying to in, impose himself in between Delilah and Uther and Judas. And it's just a cluster in there. And he's like, he's hey, trying hey, to Judas, wink at the first daughter Judas. too at the same time. <laughs> hey, hey, Judas. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and, and seeing that, uh, like seeing the rage on Uther's face, I think Judas does like one of his like sort of melting, like sort of movements to like get out of the situation. Yes, Dimitri, how can I help you? Please allow me to help you in any possible way. <laughs> uh, your daughter wants you and there's some guests that I don't know. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, Hurry he, back. <laughs> he sort of tries to straighten up and he is going to move and go through this hallway back into the library following Dimitri. Yeah. When you round the corner, you can see uh, you can see first daughter uh, Melistra standing there and you can see that she is actively casting some magic. So what you see is the back of some robed woman. Mm -hmm. um, casting magic and you don't know that you invited anyone that was cast could cast magic like that but ho hold on there's, a, there's no casting magic inside the house who um, are you at that moment the uh, the magic goes off and uh, she has cast a spell upon you uh -oh. and I would like for you to make a um, wisdom saving throw please 15 a 15. You shrug the magic off as it falls over you. Uh, you don't know what she cast or attempted to cast on you, but but she was she casting did. magic, and you know she's speaking to you in, in drow tongue, and uh, she's definitely wants to bring you back for being a traitor. I recognize okay. only that word, I think. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Mm. Just one minute here. Uh, he, he's going to go up and he's going to place, it, with, with all the confidence of a man who has been drinking uh, throughout the evening to try and forget the situation that he's in, he places a, a firm hand on the shoulder of the first daughter. Yeah, she's not going to take well to that. No, uh, probably absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're, you're a man, first of all, and you're not a, even drow, which is... That that's even more insulting mm -hmm. uh, to to touch her, so she is going to attempt to uh, slap you. She's going to just turn around and backhand you. Oh, I think that that happens. That I don't just even, that happens. You don't need yeah. to roll yeah. for that. <laughs> uh, so you you'll take three points of damage. And Whoa, that was a big ass slap. <laughs> and you uh, that's you heard his voice. We'll we'll go with that. I think Dimitri, seeing this powerful slap happen, was drinking a little bit earlier as like I was walking up and like chokes on his drink um, a little bit as he sees uh, Judas just get just get the the heck slapped out of him. Okay, uh, and, and also Gordon. Uh, who, you know, he's he thinks that he can handle himself in a fight. He sees this woman slap you. He goes, damn! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is definitely a Gordon move, if I've heard one. Uh, Clutch is just like, bruh. <laughs> Fourth daughter stands up immediately at the sound of the slap and turns around to face... Um, First daughter and Judas face on. I, so I have a question. You were covering your face earlier, right? I was facing away from yeah. you. But 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 you, a dog. when you were pretending to be a guard, do you still have that same ish disguise up? Um, I did. I changed clothes to blend in with 
the above ground folks. So I still have the clothes on, but there's really nothing disguising my face. Okay, cool. I, I think then as uh, Judas sees you, we hear uh, Lady in Red begin to play. Uh, <laughs> and like his eyes are sort of overwhelmed seeing you there. Um, his his heart drops out. His like feet it feel like they're being dropped out uh, beneath him. Because indeed they are as he faints. Because the story has been that you're dead. And part of him believed that to be true. Uh, so he is just going to pass out for like maybe a second or two while this scene plays out. Yeah. Enough, certainly, that the guests in the Great Hall notice Judas has fallen and uh, and go to, you know, you, the guests near the door entry right here are, uh, are are rushing to come help him and you among them. I think, uh, yeah, I think she'd be curious about what's going on and where her lovely brand new husband is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she walks in and kind of sees the whole scene and um, you would expect her to freeze, but... Maybe, maybe she just turns into a wolf in all of her dismay. Okay. She just immediately melts out of her beautiful mauve dress with lots of crystal detailing. (laughs) Um, You see her beautiful updo. All of the pins go flying. Her eyelashes melt and she turns into a gigantic mauve wolf. What? And is just standing there snarling at the entire scene. Explain some things that I had previously investigated. (laughs) (laughs) Feel like I'm a little vindicated over here. Was it a lot of brushes with like weird gray hair in it? Well, she had been running around and like playing with wolves in the woods. So there, this is explaining some things that I had seen earlier. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, heroes, that's it for one shot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more of Drow Origin. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, be sure to check out Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign a role-playing game. Design Doc is an experiment in public, participatory, analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, on Thursday we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of TPK, starting at 7pm Central Time. You can find that and more at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. Heroes, I wrote a book, and it's a guide to help players both new and old build more complex character backstories. And it even helps you keep playing the game when you're alone. In October of 2018, it will be available everywhere books are sold. You can pre-order it now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at your favorite local brick-and-mortar bookstore. Just ask for the Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide, prompts and activities to create the most interesting story for your character. Heroes, this year OneShot has so many of your favorite performers attending Gen Con. And we have lots and panels and shows that we'd like you to attend. You can get the full list over at bit.ly slash osngencon. That's bit.ly slash O-S-N-G-E-N-C-O-N. There, you can find a fully updated document of everything we're doing. One-shot events tend to sell out quickly, though, so please sign up as soon as you can. And if an event does get sold out, you can always show up at the appointed time and location with generic tickets to try to get in. We'd love to see more people at our Warda Live, Saturday at 4 p.m., and Neo Scum Live, Friday at 5 p.m. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and I want to start by thanking folks who marched this past weekend to keep families together. I know for physical, mental health, and safety reasons, not everyone can attend protests and marches. But you can still make a difference by calling your representatives. 
I'd like to encourage everyone who wasn't able to go out and demonstrate this last weekend to get on the phone and make your voice heard to your representatives directly. When I call my representatives, I use a service called fivecalls.org. There, you can find issue summaries for tons of issues from around the country, along with contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across clearly. Calling takes just a few minutes, and it can make a huge difference. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at paracosmpress.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.